begin today the Gemara on the bottom of Tav Mem Gimel Amud Beis, the last line where it says Va'Omar Av Yitzchak. The Gemara here started with the subject regarding building a, a house, or actually here we're talking about planting trees or planting a vineyard, and the person did not yet eat from it, and therefore he could return from the war. But it brought here a statement that was said in the name of Rav Yechanan, that said in the name of Rav Lazar Ben Yaakov. So it brings other statements that uh, they said, even though it has no connection to the subject that we're speaking about. So Zakta Gemara, Va'omar Av Yitzchak, Omar Av Yechanan, Mishum, Rav Lazar Ben Yaakov. Meis, Teifes, Arba Amos, Latuma. When there's a dead body, so around the dead body, four Amos, the whole area be, grabs, is connected to the mace that if you stand there, you become Tommy. So as Rashi explains, this is a Gzeire that Chachamim Wagaizer. In Atayri, you don't become Tommy unless you touch the mace or you form a tent, a covering over the mace. Or you carry the mace. But over here, we're talking about a person that comes close enough within four Amos to the mace. So because you may get close enough and you may touch the mace and so on, so therefore Chacham will push it, or geyser that is, that within the vicinity of the mace, for Amis, you become Tommy. In the Ta'an, there's a raya from a Mishnah that speaks about a halacha where you see this idea that within four Amis of the mace, you become Tommy. Because the Mishnah says as follows, Chatzar HaKever HaOimid Chatzar HaKever. So first of all, what's this Chatzar HaKever? So Rashi explains that in those times, they would bury people inside caves. There's a cave, and then inside the caves, in the walls of the caves, they would bury people. Now in front of the cave, there was this guma, Rashi says, this pit, in order to be able to enter into the cave. So there was this like small area, guma, in front of it. And that's what's called chatzar over here. Chatzar here doesn't mean a regular courtyard. Courtyard over here is this guma that's dug right in front of the pit in order to be able to enter, or right in front of the cave that is, in order to be able to enter. So now, when a person is standing inside this chatzar kever, you stand inside of it, you're going to be tired. And the reason you're tired is because the cave itself is separated from that pit that's in front of it. it has its own walls, it's, it's sort of separated. So when you stand in it, you don't become tummy from the kvarim that are inside the cave. But the Mishnah says there, That's only if this pit that you're standing in has the, the, the size of four amas. This is what Bishamay says. Because if it's four amas, it's large enough, it's a significant area for itself. And it's not like part of the cave, and therefore standing there is like, it's not, you're, you're not in the cave. Basil that if the cave had, sorry, again, if the pit that's in front of the cave, this chatzar, has in it the size of four tfachim, that's large enough, that's significant enough that if you stand there, it does not become bottled to the cave itself, and you do not become tummy. Now she brings me find always that a fort Fakim is considered to be a significant area, enough to be considered separate of the cave itself. When was this said though, that fort Fakim is good enough that it should be significant for itself? This little pit that's in front of the cave, so how do you get into it? Pischa Momailo means that you have to sort of jump in. You have to just, uh, there's, no, there's no way to get in, just, but just like dropping yourself in. Aval, Pischa Menatzad, but if it does have a way out to get in from the side, meaning there's stairs or maybe there's a ramp that you can just walk in, then then everybody agrees that only if it's large enough to be four Amis, then you won't become Tommy. But if it's less than four Amis, then you will become Tommy. So this missionary is distinguishing between how this, this, this pit in front of the cave is built.
Is it in a way that you just have to drop in, or could you walk in from the side, like with steps? Now the Gemara first explains here, what's the pshat of this distinction? doesn't make sense the way the Mishnah says it. In what direction are you going? That's a little translation of these two words. What the Gemara is asking is, the distinction that it's making regarding this pit in front of the cave, whether you have to drop in, or whether you can walk in from the side, so it, it, the, the difference should be in the, the opposite way. And the Gemara explains, and the, the opposite should be true. Because if you're able to walk into this pit in front of the cave, if, so then, midarder v'nafik, you just can walk out, you, or you can sort of make your way out from the side. And if you can make your way out from the side, so then there's no concern that when the person is going in or out, that he's going to create this covering over the maira, that his body or his garments will create an oil, he'll create a covering over the maira, because he doesn't have to spread out his hands. If you walk out, so then you can just very carefully walk out without creating any covering over the mitre, which would make you tummy. So, so when you're going with atzad, so over here, even if it would be smaller, there's no concern that you would become tummy. But Malmaila, however, if the person cannot walk in or out from this cave, or from, from this uh, pit that's in front of the cave, then it's impossible that when you're making your way out from this pit, that you shouldn't end up making an oil over the cave where the people are buried. How do you get out? The person has to sort of put his hands, lift up his hands, and, and uh, lift himself up out of this pit that's in front of the cave. When you lift up your hands, so your garment lifts up, and it, it covers over the opening of the cave, which you're right in front of. So in such a case, if it's a very tiny area for Tfachim, we should be concerned that you don't have any place to maneuver yourself away from the, from the people of the cave. The people that are buried in the cave, the, the mason that are in the cave. Okay, so that's, so that's the Shaila of the Gemara here. Again, so the, the, the Mishnah said that if you can walk out, so then if it's, a, if it's a, for Amis, then it's okay. But if you have to pick yourself up out of the cave, then even if it's four tfachim, it's fine. Says the Gemara, it should be the other way around. If you have to pick yourself up and you have to spread out your hands to be able to lift yourself up, so then it should have to be a big area of four amis, so you can move away from the cave when you're getting out. But if you're walking out, even if it's a small area of four tfachim, you could just walk away without picking up your hands and without making any oil over the place where the people are buried. So the Gemara Taki says, you're right, you have to switch over here the Lashon of this Mishnah. Elo, the Lashon of the Mishnah is supposed to be, When do we say that Fort Fachim is big enough that we're not concerned that you're going to make the, you're not going to become Tomei? That's if, you, if there's an opening from the side, you can get out easily. If there's an opening only from the top, you have to sort of jump in and then lift yourself up to get out. Then Arba Amis. Then you have to have the size of four Amis to be sure that you're not going to form a, any covering over the Maira, the cave where the people are buried. Okay, Atkan is the Mishnah and the Hasbur of that Mishnah. Now, this the Gemara concludes. What would, what do we understand from that Mishnah? When does the, is there a discussion over here regarding this person that's inside the pit, whether he becomes Tomei, whether he does not become Tomei, that's if he's in this pit that's in front of the cave, the Misayim Mechitzta, because the Maida, the cave, has its own Mechitzas, it's sort of closed in, and then there's the pit in front of it. Avomeis Ba'alme, if it would be a dead body which is in an open area without the Mechitzas of the Maida, 
Tafis. Then what happens is, if you're in an area that's within his four Amis, the entire area of four Amis becomes Tommy. Right? So over here, even according to Beshami, he's saying that in the four Amis that's in the pit in front of the cave, there you don't become Tommy. But if you were in the four Amis in the area of the mace itself, you would become Tommy. So you see over there from that Mishnah, this idea that the Chamu will go to this Kseida. Going back to the Mishnah, it said, Mia Isha She'eres Isha Chulo. The person that got married and uh, just Edison, he did not uh, get fully married to his wife yet, so he can return from the war. So the Mishnah said different details about this. So here the Braiser brings this uh, with its sources for it. When it says in the Pasuk, a person that got married, gets married to Absula, it's the first time she's getting married, getting married to an Almana, or so even in a case where he's anticipating to marry his Yavam, marry a Yavama that is, from a brother that passed away, and even if there are five brothers that could be getting married to her, one of them could be getting married to her, one of the, one of the brothers died, all of the brothers now <coughs> return, because we don't know who's going to end up marrying her. Now when the Pasuk speaks about this, it, could, it says, he didn't marry her yet. Now it could have said, but instead it says, He did not take her. So that extra hey did not take her is excluding something. So what do we exclude from this? In what case does a person not go back from the war? And Almana that's married to Kohen Godel is not allowed to be married to her. Same also, not allowed to be married. Or Mamzeres and Nesin Eli Yisrael. Or Bas Yisrael and Mamzul and In all these cases, when you're not allowed to be married, over here, he doesn't go back from the war. Says the Gemara. Again? Yeah. Says the Gemara, Leime, shall we say that this last point here in the Braise is the loy, Rabbi Yaisi Aglili. It's not like the opinion of Yaisi Aglili. Why? Did Rabbi Yaisi Aglili, if we follow the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi Aglili, Rabbi Yaisi Aglili said, Hayore, a person that's afraid, he has a, he has a, a soft heart. What does this mean? Who's afraid? Nobody should be afraid when they're going out of the world. There's no reason to be afraid. The only person that's afraid is the person that has Avedis. <coughs> and therefore he should return from the war. So over here, this Almana, or marrying a Kohen Gadol, or Kohen Gadol rather, that married a Almana, or the Kohen that married a Grusha, he's, he has an Aveda. So just for that reason alone, she have to return. You don't need a special postic to explain to me that this person, that uh, he does not return from the war. Uh, he has to return because of the Aveda so that he has in his hand. <coughs> I can tell you this is going according to Rabbi Yaisi Aglili. Why is that? Because we are following here the opinion of Rabbe. When it comes to the Isser of an Almana or a Grusha to marry a Kohen or a Kohen Gadol, that's only after he fully marries her, he lives with her. But not just by the Kiddushan itself. Because Ma'atam Lo'yikach, the Pasuk says, what's the reason why a Kohen or a Kohen Gadol should not marry these women that are not allowed for him? Mishum Lo'yichalel. Because he causes a chilul, he causes whether the wife that he marries or the children that are born to become chalolim, to become desecrated. So So therefore he does not get malchus until he actually lives with them. So therefore, over here, this person that made a kedushin to the Yamane or to the Grusha, it's not yet an Isr, when I tell you that at least. So therefore, he would not have to, re, he, would, he, would, he would think that such a person should, should be able to return from the war. So therefore you have to say the Pasuk over here that no, it does not return. That is the Chiddush of, over here according to Rabbah. And Ashivir explains the same thing is also regarding the other Yisurim that are brought up over here. 
Benigaya to the the Mamzeres <coughs> and the Messina over there. Also, it's poshet that the Isser is Benigaya to the uh, actual marriage, actual living together, not just the the, the Isser of the Kiddushin. Okay, Zog Tegamaravaita, Tanir Abbonon, and Abraisa we learned regarding all the things that we mentioned before. The people that returned from the war. So first thing the Pasuk says is Ashabona, person that built a house. Then it says Ashanota, person that planted a tree. Then it says Ashaedis, a person that got married. That's the order. What is the Taita teaching you by writing this order? Limda Taita Derecheretz. The Taita is teaching you the proper behavior of a person. What's the order? Shiyivna Adam Bayis. First, the person should build a house. And he should then he should plant a vineyard. And then he should get married. So she have these things prepared from before. I saw actually one of the Mepharshim saying that by Vita Kerem, it doesn't use the term because really he has to plant his vineyard before because he's not going to be able to use his vineyard for three years. So you plant really the vineyard before, but you only get to use it afterwards. But this is the order. He should have everything prepared and then he could marry a wife. It says also in Mishle the Pasik, Hachin, Bachutz, Malachtacha, Vaasida, Basada, Lacha. So and then Acher Ubanisa Besecha. What does this mean? Hachin Bachutz Malachtacha, prepare your work on the outside, Zebayas. This refers to taking a place which is sort of outside, an empty lot, which is open, and you build a house there. Then when it says Vasasta Basada Lacha Zekerem, this means what, what you have in the field, what's standing for you, what's prepared for you in the field, plant a vineyard. And then after that, what is the home of a person? Over here, the home means Zuisha. The home, the Zakeres Abayis, the wife, which is a home. That's the order of the way a person should do it. Okay, this is also brought in the Rambam, by the way. The Rambam brings this in the, in the Hilchas Day, is to the order that a person should have his Parnasa taken care of before, and only afterwards should he get married. Someone once wrote to the Rebbe, asked the Rebbe about this. Why, why do we not uh, do it in this order? Bacha goes to Yeshiva, he learns Taira, and then he gets married, and then only afterwards does he start uh, doing things for his Parnasa. The Rebbe answered that Nishtana Itim, the Rebbe explained why today it's different. I don't remember the details of what, but the Rebbe addressed this that today <coughs> the, uh, the Minig is to do it in the opposite order, on a different order. Okay, Vaita the Gemara brings another few drushes on what this Pasik is referring to. You start from the beginning, you prepare on the outside. How do you start? First, you learn Chumash. Then, what's prepared for you in the field? You learn the Mishnayis. Then, you build your home that comes to Gemara. So, in other words, the point over here is that the Shlemus of a person's learning is in the Gemara. You start first with Chumash, then Mishnayis, but what, when do you have a full home? In other words, you enter inside Teireh fully, that's in Gemara. That's how the Mashal explains this. Mm-hmm. That includes both learning Chumash and Mishnayis. That's learning Gemara. When are you fully inside? When you take what you learn and you fulfill it, you have Maisim Teivim, that's, that's when you're inside the home. That includes all three. Zemikra, Mishnah, Gemara. That refers to learning Vachumish, Mishnais, and Gemara. Then what you do in the field that refers to what a person does. He takes the objects of the world and he does mitzvahs with them. That's the Maisim Tevin. Then you build a home. This means that you darshan, you expound upon Tevin, and you get even more reward. 
So there are two pshatim of this. One pshat is the Me'iri says, the Reish V'kibbal Schar means that after the Maisim Taidim, now a person has to also share, he has to darshan, he has to teach Taidim to others. <coughs> Another pshat, he said, uh, the Masha actually says here, the Reish V'kibbal Schar means that, uh, that now, after a person knows the basics of Taidim and he's Mekai Mitzvahs, now he has time to be Ma'ayin in Taidim, to learn and to analyze deeper, and you get Schar for that. Going back to the Mishnah, the Mishnah said, Ve'elu she'enun chayzrit. Following do not return, even though they built a new home. You build just an entryway for, for, for a watchman to sit there. And then the Mishnah there actually said that if you had a house and you demolished it and you rebuild a house, if it's the exact same house the way it was before, so it's not considered to be new. So on this we learned, If you added even just one row of bricks, so that's more than it was before, so you return from the war. You build a beautiful brick home, but it's in Sharon, in this area in Eretz Yisrael, you don't return. What's the reason? What's unique about this area? The explanation for this with because you have to rebuild a home twice every seven years because the ground there is not stable and it collapses and you have to rebuild it, so it's not a permanent home. And then the Mishnah says the following people don't even have to move from their place. They don't go out, they remain home. Within the first year of a new home or a new vineyard or the first year of marriage. Says if you marry a wife, a new wife, you would think it only means a new wife that's getting married for the first time. Almana grusha minayin and almana or a grusha she's getting married for the second time. How do I know that it's included as well? Tamad leima isha mikol makim. It says isha any wife. In kema tamad leima isha chadasha. So what does it mean when it says chadasha? So we do exclude something. What is chadasha excluding? Me she chadasha loy has to be a wife even though she was married before. But for you it's a first a new wife. Yatsa machze grusha say shein chadasha loy. So this excludes a person that was married to her, he divorced her, he's remarrying her. So it's not a new wife for him. Similar to the point we learned before regarding the house. The person rebuilds his house. It's the same, uh, same house. He doesn't go out to fight in the war because of these people are here that in the first year. He doesn't go out to fight in the army. But he still should be there, similar to the other people that it says, that they have to come and provide water or food, or to pave the roads for them. So they should still help out in the army. The Pasuk there says clearly, Nothing passes through. In other words, he doesn't have to go out for anything. I would think that this Pasuk here, when it says that he doesn't have to do anything, refers also to those individuals that built a new home, or planted a new vineyard, or got mad, or, or got just the Edison and did not use it yet. It's not within the first year, they did not yet. Uh, so over there, when it said that they have to return, the Mishnah said they don't fight. But they do have to still remain to help out in the army. But I would think they wouldn't have to help out at all. Talmud Leima, Olav. The Pasuk says, Olav, only the Olav, only these individuals that are within the first year of marriage or of the home and so on, they don't have to do anything. But there are others that do have to help out. They don't fight, but they do have to help out. And those are the people that built a new home, but he didn't use his home yet at all. They come and they have to help. The Gemara goes back, If the Pasuk is saying this love clearly, that he does not go out at all, he does not help at all. 
Why does it have to also additionally write that he doesn't go out in the army to actually fight? If he doesn't have to help out at all, for sure he doesn't have to fight. Says the Gemara, Lave Ola Lavin. You're right. It's like telling you that if he goes out and he leaves and he goes and he fights, he's going to be over in two Lavin, the Lav of Lo Yaver and the Lav of Lo Yetzilatzov Continuing regarding what is said to the Yidden when they go out to the war. Now the Shaitrim continue and they speak to the people we had before in the Gemara. This was first the Kayin spoke, then the Kayin spoke and the Shaitrim explained. And now after that, just the Shaitrim, they spoke to the Yidden and they encouraged the Yidden and they told the Yidden that they should not be afraid and they shouldn't run away and so on. Oh, actually, over here, if you say again, Lashon the Pasuk is, Mi ish person that's afraid, So he should return back to his home, He shouldn't cause other people to be afraid like him. That's, the, that's what the Shaitrim tell the people. So now, the Gemara explains, what does this mean? Who, who is it speaking about? Who is a person that's afraid? It means literally, simply, He can't stand in war. Kishrei Muhammad Rashi says Kishrei Muhammad means when you have like a line of defense, when people are standing like tightly together, so you can't <laughs> handle standing. To see an outstretched sword, he gets afraid of this. So the shot of the Pasuk is simple. This is a person that's afraid of Avedis that he has in his hands. That's what it means. In other words, otherwise, if he doesn't have Avedis, he has nothing to be afraid of. Davidus, that's what he has to be afraid of. The Debesher will not save his life. So the, the, the Ramban speaks about this over here. The Ramban Alatayr speaks about this Machlaikas of Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yesi. And he says that according to Rabbi Kiva, even this person that has Davidus has no reason to be afraid. And the reason is because if he has Betachan and Debesher, that he's going to make a nest. So then, even with Davidus, Debesher is going to make that nest to him. But if he's afraid, if, he's, if he doesn't have that Betachan, then Debesher will not make the nest for him. Right? Unbelievable thing. But Rabbi Yehissi, Rabbi Yehissi says no, that if he has Avedis, then, then he won't be saved. That's one one and the Kudah here on this Machlekes. Another thing, the Rebbe speaks about this Machlekes, and the Rebbe says, Rabbi Kiva could not learn like Rabbi Yehissi that we're speaking about a person that's afraid of his Avedis. Because if this person is afraid that he could die because of the Avedis that he has, that that itself shows that he realizes that because of his Avedis he deserves a punishment, so that's already a beginning of tshuva. Even if he didn't actually fully do, do tshuva yet, but really, where does that come from? It comes from his neshama that he recognizes his avedis that he deserves an einish. So that's already enough of a tshuva that that he wouldn't, he wouldn't get harmed because of this. So therefore, Rabbi Kiva has to learn that the pshat in the pasuk is just kipshutai, that a person that's just afraid. He says similar to Rabbi Yaisi, but he says as follows that. Uh, sorry, did I go up a line over here? Yeah. That? Before it was Rabbi Yisakalili, right? Now it's Rabbi Yaisi, that's what it is. Okay, Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi says, Almana Gadol, Grusha What kind of Avedis should a person be afraid of? The examples that we mentioned before, an Almana that married a Kayin Gadol, or a Grusha and Chalutza that marries a Kayin Hedyet, or Mamzeres and Sinel Yisrael, Bas Yisrael and Mamzeres and Nasen, those are individuals that have to be afraid of Avedis. Not of all Avedis that you have to be afraid of, like Rabbi Yaisi Aglili said, the Gemara will explain the difference between them. Now, that is, 
And when they, sp- they finished speaking to the people, so now they're going out to the war. So they had generals that were standing and the, the head and the top and, and the, the, the beginning when people are going out. And then behind everybody. What this means is they had a very strong general that was standing in the front to go ahead. And others that were standing behind them. And they had these metal spears in their hand or something similar to spears. Anybody that wanted to return was afraid. He's allowed to cut off and knock off his feet. You can't have any Yidin running away in the middle because that, that, that will cause everybody to get afraid. So this one person that's trying to run away is bringing fear into everyone's heart. The beginning of running away is, is uh, Nefila, when you fall. I mean, the Lashon of the Mishnah here, Rashi says, as the Gemara will explain, really the Mishnah is supposed to be read the opposite. The beginning of falling is when you start running away. So therefore, they're allowed to stop anybody from <clears throat> running away. You're basically causing others to get afraid. It's like one of the Mepharshim say, it's like a Mamash Enyan of Aredif. Because one people is running away, it causes everyone else to get afraid and everyone else will, will, uh, will uh, get killed. Shanema, the source of this is, Nos Yisrael of Nei when people run away, they ran away from the plishtim, and then there was a big plague amongst Yidin. So you see, when they ran away, that brought a magefa. Another post they ran away, and that's when they, they died. They fell, they fell dead. So the Mishnah that is, now here, this next part of the Mishnah goes on the entire Patek. All the different details we learned about who's allowed to return, who's not allowed to return, who has to go out and fight. When all these distinctions said, when it's fighting a war, which is just a rishos. When you're going to conquer additional territory, if the war that you're fighting is a mitzvah, Rashi says, conquering Eretz Yisrael, like in the times of Yeshua, they came to conquer Eretz Yisrael. So over here, Hakoyal Yaitzin. Everybody has to go out to war. A full chasim mechadra, a chasim from his room, the kala mechupasa, and a kala from the chope. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, When do we say that there's a distinction who goes, who does not go? If there's a Muhammad mitzvah. So Rabbi Yehuda refers to the Muhammad that the Tanakhama referred to as a Rishos, he refers to it as a mitzvah. The one is going to explain why that is. If it's a war, which is an obligation, again, it refers to the same thing. The obligation of fighting to conquer at Yisrael, everybody has to enjoy him. As well. There is actually a discussion in Mepharshim about this because this Lashon of the Mishnah is very interesting. A kala, a woman, has to also go out to fight in war. Does that mean that the women were drafted also to fight into the war to, to conquer Yisrael? So the Radvaz, I think, says, no, they didn't fight. But what happens is, if the chasen leaves, so then the kala leaves her chuppah. Not that she goes out to fight. It says kala michopasa means that the kala, if the chasen is not there, she leaves her chuppah. But it doesn't say in the Gemara clearly that the kala goes out and fights. Another pshat I saw it says is, no, the kala also has to join, but not to actually fight. But she has to join, like it said before, to, to work in the kitchen. Mayim, mozain, to prepare the food for the soldiers that are fighting. Zok to Gemara. Mai ike ben Rabbi Yaisi, le Rabbi Yaisi Aglili. What's the difference between Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Yaisi Aglili? Rabbi Yaisi says uh, that, who was, who, again, who was the first Tana? The first one was Rabbi Yaisi Aglili, right? So Rabbi Yaisi Aglili said, if you're afraid from any Avedis, then you should return from the war. And uh, Rabbi Yaisi, uh, uh, Rabbi Yaisi said only specific Avedis, right? Yeah. Okay, so what's the difference between them? So the difference is Avedis de Rabbanon. 
if there's an Aveda only with the Rabbanon, so according to Rabbi Yaisi, then you don't return. Because Rabbi Yaisi brings examples of Ammanah Kayin Gadol, Grushita Kayin Hedye, those are Avedis Menatayde. Avedis Menatayde, so that's, that you return from the war, but not with the Avedis Menatayde. Rabbi Yaisi Glu is saying any Avedis, even Avedis Menatayde, even though this is a Pasik Menatayde. But even when I tell you, there's a mitzvah to fill it to Lysasa, exactly, to listen to the Chachamim. According to who does it go, the following that it says here in the Braise, Soch, paint filo, let filo. If a person spoke, he interrupted between putting on the tefillin shalyad and putting on the tefillin shalrash, Aveiri biyodai, this is an Aveiri, v'chayzer alem ha'archal mulchama. And you return from the war. You have an Aveiri, so you return. Kaman, whose opinion is this? This is Rabbi Yaisi Aglili's opinion that says that even an Avedim and Rabbanan, you return from the war. So here there's a discussion about this in the Mepharshim. Why is it saying Dafka, this thing of the Tefillin over here? That What's the Chiddush Dafka regarding Tefillin? So they, they say that the, the Rosh says about this that the Tefillin is the Schos that the Yidin are victorious in the battle. Right? The Rebbe used to speak about this when these nations of the world see the Tefillin, that was the Miftah Tefillin that the Rebbe began in the Six Day War. And the Rosh says, the Lashon of the Pasuk, with Toraf, Zroya, Af, Kodkoid, is all Bishos Tefillin. So that's why it's mentioning if a person puts on Tefillin and he speaks in between, he has to go back from the war because he's missing the full Schos of the Tefillin. Now the Chiddush over here is, even according to Rabbi Yaisi Aglili, that says that you go back even for Averis Midrabanon, but over here, this is not even Mamisha Mitzvah Midrabanon, it's just a hefsik that he has to make a, another bracha. What happens if you make a hefsik? So Rashi over here says that if you talk between the Tfilin Shalyad and Tfilin Shalrosh, then you're going to have to make a second bracha on your Tfilin Shalrosh. That's the halacha. Other Rishayim, by the way, disagree with this. Taisvis holds, and in the Velt, this is a minig, that. You make, a tfil, you make a bracha on tefillin shalyad and tefillin shalrash, even if you did not make a hefsik. You always make a bracha on mitzvah tefillin on tefillin shalrash. If you made a hefsik, then you're going to have to make again the bracha lehoniach tefillin on the tefillin shalrash. So you're going to end up making three brachas. One bracha on the tefillin shalyad, but then once you made a hefsik, you're going to have to say that bracha over again. And the bracha al mitzvah tefillin on tefillin shalrash. That's Tesis' shita. But Rashi says you only make a second bracha. This is our minig. You only make a second bracha if you made a hefsik. So the whole thing of here of making a hefsik is just seems to be just an Indian whether you're making an extra bracha or not. But nevertheless, this is something that you go back from the war. Mm-hmm. Who is the Tana of this Brahis here that says, Shoma Karnais? He heard the, the sounds of the, the trumpets that are blowing. And Vertia, and he got afraid. He heard the, the armies, the, the Goyim that are coming, and they're banging their shields. And Vertia, he got afraid. He heard the swords that are being sharpened. And he's uh, watered this, uh, on, on his knees. And he can't really hold himself in. He's so afraid. He returns from the war. Whose opinion is this? This seems to be Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva is the one that said that we interpret the Pasuk literally. The one that's afraid has to return. But it's not according to Rabbi Yisraeli. Rabbi Yisraeli says that's only someone that's afraid of Avedis. If you're afraid, you have to stay. Says the Gemara, no, in such a case, when a person is mamish, so afraid, I feel that would agree. He shouldn't cause the heart of his fellows to melt like his own. So if he's afraid to disagree, even Abiyasekhlili agrees. So then what happens? They have the Shaitrim there. And they have to stop Eden from running away. So says the Gemara, hi, Mipnesha What did the Mishnah say? The beginning of running away is falling. 
That's not that. That's not that. What does that mean? If nishetchilas nefila nisa mivayale, what does that mean? The beginning of running away. If you're running away, you're running away. It should say the beginning of, of falling in the war is when you begin running away. So or when you run away, that is. So the Gemara answers. You're right. Amen. Mipnei shetchilas nefila nisa. That's what the Mishnah means to say. The beginning of the falling of the people in the army is when they run away. That's how you touch the Mishnah. Okay, now the last thing in the Mishnah was the, the, the distinction between a Mohammed Rishos or Mohammed Mitzvah. Or the other Lashon that was brought, the difference between, Rabbi Yehuda says, the difference between Mohammed Mitzvah or Mohammed Chayva. What is the argument here? So the Gemara explains. Rabbi Yechenen said, Rishos de Rabbanon, Zuhi Mitzvah de Rabbi Yehuda. The term Rishos that the Tanakhama, the Rabbanon in the Mishnah is saying, that is the same kind of war that Rabbi Yehuda refers to it as a mitzvah. They're talking about the same war, but it's only a question of whether it's referred to as a rishos or it's referred to as a mitzvah. And the Gemara will soon conclude that they're really all arguing about one point over here. Do I refer to it as a mitzvah? And therefore, what happens by a mitzvah? The rule is, if you're Isaac in one mitzvah, you're potter of another mitzvah. Or do I refer to it as a rishos, so you're not potter from doing another mitzvah? A mitzvah the Rabbanon. When, when the Rabbanon used the term mitzvah, Zui Chayve the Rabbi Yudah. Rabbi Yudah uses regarding that the term of Chayve. Okay, that, that's uh, the Pshat Mishnah. Because Rabbi Yehuda used the term mitzvah, so that when he wants to contrast it to another war that's higher than it, that's more of an obligation, that everybody has to go out, so he uses the term chayva. In other words, the point that the Gemara is trying to say is, they're not arguing here about the very halacha itself that it's saying here. That the war that's a chayva, or a mitzvah in the Tanakhama's language, everybody has to go out. That halacha they're not arguing about. What they are arguing about is, regarding this war that's a rishos, do I call it a rishos or call it a mitzvah? And the nafkamin is going to be regarding Isaac mitzvah, patam and a mitzvah. As the Gemara explains it. So the Gemara explains this, what Rabbi Yechenin said. So Amr Rabbi Rav, Rav explains, what are these different kinds of wars that we're talking about? Mulchemes Yeshua, when they went to, they came into Eretz Yisrael with Yeshua, lichpaish, to conquer the land, divrek ha Everybody agrees that this is a chayva. Everybody has to go out and fight. Like it said before, chosen, kala, everybody. Mulchem is based David little vacha. David Melech, when he went and conquered certain countries or certain places, he went, Rashi says, Aram Tseve went there in the area of Syria, in the north, and he conquered additional places just to have more people to give him taxes and so on. Everybody agrees that that's considered to be a rishos, and not everybody has to go fight. Where's the argument? If the Yidin are going to fight, they're not conquering the land. And they're not stam going to conquer additional territory, but they're going to fight with Goyim that are outside of Eretz Yisrael that are antagonizing the Yidin or that are a problem for the Yidin. You don't want these Goyim to come and attack the Yidin. Rabbi Yehuda refers to this as a mitzvah. And Tanakama refers to it as a Rishos. What's the difference if you call it a mitzvah or if you call it a Rishos? The relevance of this is, will the idea of when you're occupied with one mitzvah, that you're absolved of doing another mitzvah, apply in this case? This Muhammad, when you're fighting to stop the game to come attack you, are you considered to be in the middle of a mitzvah? 
or not, it's still considered to be Yerushos because you're not conquering the land. Kibush Oretz is, is a mitzvah to conquer Eretz Yisrael. But to, to fight these Goyim, maybe that's not in the category of Isaac mitzvah. That was the Machloikis between Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbonam. Hadron, Allah, Meshuach, Muhammad, this is the conclusion of the eighth Perik of the Mesechte, the, the Perik Meshuach, Muhammad. Okay. I think, uh, is it possible that I missed the line in the Mishnah before on Amar Aleph? Can I go back a second? Nabiyasi Aglili? I think I missed the line over there. The Mishnah says, I think uh, the next line, I, I, this Lefichach, I forgot to read before. Lefichach, the Mish, the, the, what the Mishnah is saying is that the, the Pasuk says that there are all kinds of people that have to return. People that built a new home, people that got married. Why is the Tater saying all these things? So that the person that has Avedis and is returning for Avedis shouldn't be embarrassed of his Avedis. He, people should say, oh, Mastam is returning because he built a new home. Mastam is returning because he, he, he planted a new vineyard. That's, okay, one line that I missed over there, I think. Okay, let's begin Be'ez HaShem the ninth Perek, the last Perek of Mesech Tesaita. This Perek will discuss the Halachas of Egla Arufa, which was mentioned before when it spoke about the things that have to be said, Belosh Kaidish. So over here, Egla Arufa is when you find a dead body outside a city and it's unclear how he died or who killed him or caused his death. So the Bezdin has to come out and say that we did not spill his blood and so on. And that the Ebeshe should be Mechaper for the Yidin. And you bring, a, you bring a Egla, you bring a calf and you... And you uh, cut off its, uh, from, from the neck, you cut off its head. That's the, the halach of Egla Rufa that it says in the Pasik. So Dr. Mishneh, Egla Rufa, Beloshen HaKadosh, so the Bezden that says, the Psukim there that says, what they say, has to be said in Loshen HaKadosh. Shenemar, the Pasik says, Ki yimotzechalol ba'adoma, you find a dead body, v'yotzu zikinecho v'shiftecho, the zikinim and the shiftim go out. So, how many go out? Shloisha, mi bezden ha'godl, sheb Yerushalayim, hoya yoytzin. Three have to come out from the Bezdin. From which Bezdin? They have to come out from the Bezdin Agadol, from the Sanhedrin of 71 in Yerushalayim. Okay, the Mishnah here does not spell out how you know Lashna Kaidish. The Gemara will explain. Now, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Chamisha. Five of the Bezdin Agadol has to go out. Shenemar, the Pasuk says, Zikeinecha. So Zikeinecha is a plural, so that's Shnaim, two. And then it says, Vesheftecha. Also, Sheftecha says, Shnaim, another two. Now, Ve'im Bezdin Shokol, so that's four, but a Bezdin could never be equal because you always have to, if there's an argument, you have to have a majority to be able to, to decide. So, therefore, you add one more, which is five. If this dead body is found covered in a pile of, of stones, or he was hung on a tree, or he's floating on water, so then the Allah of Egla Rufa does not apply. Shanama, when the Pasuk describes when you found this person, the Pasuk says that you found him Ba'adoma. Ba'adoma means on the, on the earth, but on the ground. But not if he's covered in, in stones. Nafal, Nafal that is, that you found him, that he fell. Not if he's hanging. In the field, and not if he's floating on the water. He was found near the border, or a city that's mostly Goyim, or a city that is no Bezdin. Over there, there's no Allah of Egla Arufa as well. Yeah, the Gemara will explain this. Now, there's another Allah of Egla Arufa. Before you do the, the, the whole Allah of Egla Arufa, you have to measure to see which city was this Egla Arufa closer to. Uh, the mess, that is. Which city was the mess closer to? 
says the Gemara, Mishnah that is, You only measure to a city where the city has a bezin. If the city does not have a bezin, then the salacha of measuring does not apply. What's the pshat in the Mishnah? The Mishnah says, you say It brings the Pasik, but it's not clear how you learn this from the Pasik. This is the pshat. The Pasik says, Over here, when they say the, the, the Bezdin, so they say, they say, and the Pasik says, by just like there, they spoke in Lashna Kaidish, as we learned earlier in the Masechta. Here as well, you have to say in Lashna Kaidish. And then the Mishnah continues, and the order of how the Egla Rufu was done, so it brings the Pasik, three of the Bezna God in Shalim would go out. So that's just explaining the Seder of Egla Rufu, but that's not the source for Lashna Kaidish. That's five would go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Vana we learned that. And Yehuda says that there were five. So the Gemara explains the machlekes whether it was three or five. What do you see in the pasuk? So Taner Rabbanon the Yatsu Zikenecha Vishevtecha Zikenecha Shnayim Zikenecha is two Vishevtecha is also Shnayim another two Vein Bezin Shokel a Bezin cannot be equal to four. So you have to add one more. So you have five. This is Rabbi We only learn from Zekeinecha. Zekeinecha is two. Vein bez and shakel. It can't be just two. So therefore, you add one more. So you have only three. Like the Tanakam in our Mishnah. According to Rabbi Shimon, why is he skipping the word Shevtecha? He needs Shevtecha to teach me that it has to be from the special ones of Shevtecha, which means it has to be from the Bezdan Agadol. Where does Abiyudah learn that out from? He says, It could have said in the Postic, and it says, Zikenecha is emphasizing that it's yours, the Miyuchot. So he learns it out from Zikenecha, so Shevtecha is still extra to tell me that there's another two. If it would have just said zikne, then I would have said that that means zikenim even from the shuk, meaning it doesn't have to be from the Sanhedrin. So then the Torah has to write you the first thing is it has to be zikenecha. If it would just say zikenecha, so I know that it's not minashuk, it has to be a proper from a bezdin, but uh, I would say maybe that could be from a Sanhedrin Kitana, maybe from a bezdin of 23. It doesn't have to be from the bezdin of God in Yerushalayim. So therefore the title writes Shevtecha to say that it has to be from the special ones, meaning from the one from the bezdin of So the point is that according to Rabbi Shimon, you don't have extra words Shevtecha here to teach me that it has to be four. You only know two, and then you have to add one more that it should not be equal. So that's just three. But Rabbi Yehuda, from where does Rabbi Yehuda learn this all out? How does he know that it has to be Dafka from the Sanhedrin? Gomar, Zikne, Zikne, Mizikne, Aida. He learns out from the term Zikne that it says here, from the term Zikne that it says by the carbon that's brought, Apar, Helam, Dover, when the Bezdin Paskin something and Klai Yisrael did something based on their psak, and it was an Aveda, so there it says Zikne Aida, Ma'la Alam Yechadim Shebeida, just like there, who is Zikne Aida? It refers to the Bezdin Yerushalayim, Afkam Yechadim Shebeida. So here as well, it has to be Yechadim Shebeida from the Bezdin Agadol. That's where, from where Rabbi Yudah learns it out. So therefore, the Shevtecha is extra to tell you that you have to have five. 
If he learns out from there, let him learn it all out from there. Because over there, Rashi brings that by the Gemara Sanhedrin says, by the Par Helem Dovar, that's only if you have five of the Sanhedrin that paskind, then they have to bring that carbon Par Helem Dovar. So you could learn it all out from there. Why, do you have to learn, why does he have to learn out that you need five over here from the Loshan Zekinecha and Sheftecha? Zekinecha, Sheftecha, Lomali. Ella says the Gemara, you're right. He does not hold of this Gzeda Shop. You can't say that. So how, from where does Rabbi Yehuda know that you have to have five? Ella, rather, he learns it out. Vav v'sheftecha l'minyona. It's from the Vav that's extra. He needs the Sheftecha to teach me that it has to be the best Nagadl, like Rabbi Shimon. But he darshins from the Vav. But Rabbi Shimon, Vav l'mashmaleh. And Abshimin does not hold from that Vav. Doesn't dash in the Vav. So therefore he only needs two and another three. Okay, let's just conclude here. You know over here. So now, why don't we continue in the Pasuk there and learn that you should need more than three or more than five. Because it says V'yatsu. They go out. That's another plural term. Shnaim, another two. Then it says Umadadu. And they measure. Shnaim. Shouldn't that be another two? So Rabbi Yehuda Kantisha. Rabbi Yehuda says that you only need five. If you add another four, that should be nine. And Rav Shimon that said you only need three, so if you add another four, there should be seven here. Says the Gemara, no, you can't learn out from there. Ahumi Baila, like the Tanya, from those words, Viyatsu, Maratu, you learn out what the Braisa says. Viyatsu, what does it mean? They go out. The Bezna go themselves, they have to go out and measure. They can't send any Shliach of a Bezna. Madadu, they measure. What does that mean? Even if you know for a fact that this mace is closer to one city than another, so you think to yourself, why do I have to measure? It's clear where it's closer to. Or you might have they still would have to measure. There's a mitzvah to measure, even if you know that it's close. Zemachleik is exactly in such a case whether you measure from both cities, or you only measure to the city that it's closer to, or you only measure from the city that it's further to, because really, in essence, you know where, where this mace is. But still, there's a mitzvah to measure in such a case.